Yo, I think they're closing the fountain forever. Really? Yeah, and it's gonna be some bullshit Moana thing instead. I mean, synergy-wise, it makes sense. I know, but it's it's really annoying. I feel, no, trust they're, me, like, I feel you. They're taking off all of the like old I, well, I, I mean, Epcot it, stuff and then making it Disney. It bugs me when it, they really like take non-branded things and make them branded things, yeah, like, like the how Norway they were the ride. Frozen ride, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're just like, this is a ride about Norway, and we can argue about whether or not it's a good ride, or like, apparently, <laughs> whether, whether we should learn about oil drilling off the coast of Norway. <laughs> whether or not it was safe, or whether or not it was a good ride, apparently it was very unsafe. Really? Somebody was telling us that you could just, like, fall off the flume. Jesus. <laughs> it only does one little quick drop, but I guess you could technically just... But yeah, I was talking to, like... I was just talking to Lee about it. We were, like, eating at Snacks outside of Norway, and I was telling her about, like, yeah, you get to watch this weird short film. <laughs> they show, like, offshore oil rigging. Yeah. <laughs> and then somebody was like, oh, you're talking about the frozen ride? <laughs> I actually love it. They just re read that Elsa talking about, like, oh offshore drilling. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Olaf's fracking adventure. Exactly. <laughs> Why do we watch this? The podcast where three chums watch a bad movie, talk about what they liked, what they didn't like, and how they would fix it all while drinking a theme cocktail. Who am I? Well, it's me, Brendan Drischler. I'm Lee Delahanty. And it's me, Chris Ravel. The third one. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> number the three. third one. <laughs> and number three, the bullet, Chris Ravel. <laughs> number three, the bullet. Number three, the call sheet. <laughs> And for this mini episode, we're kind of doing what we normally do, and that we're going to be talking about a movie. Weirdly, we're going to be talking about the sequel to a movie that we will be talking about in our next full episode. What's that movie that we're doing in our next full episode? Thank you for asking. You didn't ask. Well, fuck you. That movie is going to be 2014's Maleficent, directed Ooh. by, I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Some yeah, British guy, starring Angelina Jolie and Elle Fanning, and uh, Sam Riley. Yeah, Sam Riley's the big one, right? I was gonna, who's Char- Charlto... Copley. Copley is that how you say it? I don't actually I know. Think. I don't know. Anyway, that guy. You know him. That guy was like the toast. Because For like a few brief years. Right. Yeah, we because, were super into him. Because like District 9 was so huge right. and we just put him in everything and then we're like, oh, he's actually just kind of okay. He's fine. Right. He's a good character actor. No need to like make roles for him. What was that crazy role they gave him in that movie where um, Jodie Foster is the, like, malevolent rich white lady who owns the rich people satellite? Oh, fuck. What is that movie? Elysium, Elysium. Yeah, okay. It was not good. I didn't see it, and I don't care to see it. So, two weeks from now, we'll be doing Maleficent. While we're doing Maleficent, we will, of course, have a drink for it. The cocktail we'll be making is called Hello Beastie. It's one ounce vodka, one ounce berry schnapps, half an ounce of cranberry juice, and some luster dust. That's right. We've got lots of luster dust left over from when we did The Shadow a couple years ago. And by God, we're going to find an excuse to use it at this point. <laughs> Granted, it's not really a lot. It's a physically small thing. But no, it is. But like a little... Way. Right, exactly. We're going to have luster dust for years and years and years. We make unicorn cupcakes every fucking weekend. Why it's not? It's actually true. Why, we should. We should make stuff. Not? Yeah. Yeah. That would actually be fun. Maybe we should bake some shit from Maleficent, Let's too, again. Why not? Let's do some... Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Fairy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Fairy shit with a side like, of fairy shit. Want to get more chocolate mushrooms? <laughs> yeah, I guess some midnight mushrooms. Yeah, why not? Them shrooms. Midnight mushrooms. <laughs> We're so, yeah. silly tonight. We are we are silly, guys. guys we're silly. Guys, we're we're so silly. We're such silly. So anyway, two weeks from now we'll be talking about Maleficent. Aptly enough, Chris has just wrapped a rubber band around his head. <laughs> like a hippie in the seventh. I was just reminding me of uh fuck with mystery science, the beast of oh no, it's not the beast of Earth. it's uh the like the creature of Boggy Swamp or whatever, <laughs> where there's like this old hillbilly guy who has like a rubber band wrapped around his head. 
<laughs> Anyways. That's me. That's the character. That's Chris. Boggy Creek 2, The Legend Continues. That's what it is. Anyway, finally got there. It was a long walk to a very short, specific pier that no one cared to see. So, as befitting our discussion about Maleficent the First two weeks from now, today, in our mini-episode discussion, we'll be talking about Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, the sequel that just came out a couple weeks ago or so, mm-hmm. uh, directed by Yoshim Roning, starring Angelina Jolie as Maleficent, Al Fanning as Aurora, Sam, Rowell, uh, Sam Riley as Diaval, Chiwetel Ejiofor as Connell, I, I think Conal, do you remember? Connell. Connell? I think it was, yeah, some sort of Irish novel. Guys, okay. I have to be honest with Celtic you, I culture. don't remember most of the characters' names. I don't really either. Also, <laughs> I mean, they well, rattled off a load of fucking They fairies. do, and also because like a lot of them are just like nonsense names, it's really hard for me to be like, the, you're, you're calling one What was the name now? of the warlike one? The warlike dark fae? Who had all like, the scarlet face? I forget. Probably like K or something. Fight, fight, fight. It's Ed oh, Screen. Screen. Game you're right. Thrones. Yeah, that's Skeen, all Screen. Yeah. The, the skein screen on my screen. Uh, Harris Dickinson as Prince Philip taking over for Brenton Thwaites from the first movie, who I think was a lot cuter. And, of course, Michelle Pfeiffer as Queen Ingrith. Is, I don't think it's controversial to say that the main reason I was mostly interested in this was to see her and Angelina Jolie in the same movie playing very big characters. Yeah, I have to say, every time I saw the trailer where they showed Michelle Pfeiffer wearing like that metal war dress where she's standing on the tower, I was like, well, fine. Yeah, exactly. Got me. I mean, like, her costumes looked in the trailer and are in the movie amazing yeah and I, I do also have to admit I came late to this movie <laughs> um, I got I got held up with some stuff that came up last minute uh, so I had missed the first sighting yeah. of so, the ridiculous woman's ridiculous dress room right. and I was like, so glad it came back so I could see it right Michelle Pfeiffer has an entire closet full of like mannequins wearing ridiculous dresses yeah. in a circle and when it showed up Lee and I like looked at each other we were both like ah yeah. what a shame Chris Seager's enjoy this <laughs> Yeah, we knew. I'm yeah. so glad that they found I, I'm so glad, that. I was just thinking to myself after we saw it, I was like, oh man, we might not see that again for the rest of the movie. You'll never know. <laughs> they, they found a way to bring it back. They did. Uh, also, can I say, it's a little nonsense that that room is there to begin with, that she has a secret passageway in her closet <sighs> to the armory and her, to her secret elf labs, which is just like, why do you need a secret passage in your wardrobe to there when you're like the queen? It's not like, like the armory seems to be a place where a lot of people are, where they're working, where they're making weapons. So it's not like this is like her secret lab. Like it would make sense if it was just a secret entrance to Professor Flitwick's I magic think lab. She just well, didn't want anyone knowing she was doing yeah, this. Yeah, I guess. I'm not really hung up on it. I think that cat palaces are, are often filled with secret passages yeah. everywhere to everywhere. And then you probably, you're taking them uh, probably because you don't want to be seen walking openly through the No, I mean, well, my hang-up is mostly that it's there to make the plot make sense. Like, it's yes, there because but... Aurora has to walk in, find the secret passage that leads her directly to there so she can find out. Like, it's yes. there. But also, but just, I, I, I'm already hung up on it. She, she just... What, 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 she The one dummy that all, they all look like... the head tilted. Right. Yeah. So she, it was also weird that like, she, she twisted it. Touched. Right. She, well, so its head was slightly to the side. Yeah. So she twisted it back, and nothing happened. And then she twisted it again, and it opened. So like, why would you twist it? Like, what? Like, why would you twist it to the different position and not just like assume it did nothing? Like, it was weird to me that she was like, "I have to twist it again." I think the I, idea is that it made a mechanical noise when she twisted I guess it the so. first time. Uh, so maybe I missed this if it was explained earlier in the movie before I got there. Why did Michelle Pfeiffer have the spindle? We don't. Know. She well, she has a hung up. She had she, since childhood. She's had a hang up about fairies, right? Which so, we only hear at the end of the movie. Yeah, that was a dumb, very good motivation. <laughs> um, and it makes no sense. No, nope. her story. It also doesn't stand up to any like critical questions anyone at that time could have asked because her entire deal is I want to commit genocide mm-hmm. because we were living in like shit kingdom and the fairies looked like they were having fun and then my brother went over there and never came back so I'm just it assuming they okay, did something. That's a 
a slit of his. It was that they yeah. had they had a famine. Right. But the Moors had lots of food, and the. Dad wanted to Michelle Pfeiffer's dad. Pfeiffer's dad wanted to declare war on the Moor and no, 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 her dad. Oh, her dad and brother didn't want to. Her brother wanted to declare war. Her dad said that they should be peaceful. So her dad sent her brother as an envoy to the Moors, and then her brother never came back. So she assumes he was killed. Yeah, so she just assumed that all fairies are like kill on sight, kill humans on sight, or whatever, and. That, but yeah, she's never like tested any of that. Yeah. In right, life. she's never. It never comes back <laughs> like, either, in a meaningful it. way. Like you think yeah. that Maleficent, who knows all this shit, would have come up and said like, "Oh, I know who you're talking about. He died when a tree fell on him, or right. something, or he died. You know, he was killed because he was stealing from fairy graves again, or whatever bullshit excuse I mean, you want to have." It also reveals that that kingdom, because it was Aurora's kingdom, that kingdom has had. A revolving wait. door of rulers. It was. <laughs> wait, so, wait, she wait, says wait. before your dad was king. I just assumed. Right. I just assumed that she meant that, like in the times before your dad was king. I didn't assume no. she literally meant this There's was Aurora's only kingdom. two kingdoms. How? How are there only world? two kingdoms? Well, because it's like the Moors is literally kingdom. across the river. Yeah, but we don't know how big the Moors are and what other kingdoms are surrounding them. I don't think I, I didn't. I didn't sure take it. I didn't assume that Michelle Pfeiffer is some ancestor of Aurora's. Not that she's an ancestor. I think that the king that took place that because they said that there was like a civil okay, war. Okay, fair. Yeah. I, I didn't think that, but it doesn't really matter, I guess, one way or the other. For well, in the, the beginning, story. they literally go from Aurora's kingdom right. to the Moors to the to the Fife kingdom. Right. It's just, well, I guess it's because she never... There could be a theoretical third kingdom on this end, because on this end yeah. is the ocean. Right. We've seen that. Right. There's, there's Moors, ocean. Right, kingdom, but I mean, like, kingdom. if the Moors are here, kingdoms could be here, 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 here. I guess. But I, I, I am led to believe that... The, from what she said, I don't remember the exact wording, but I I was pretty sure that she was like implying that before Aurora's dad was king. I guess that adds some not so level of like court nonsense to this. But we also can we real quick? We I'm sort s- of know well because Stefan wasn't a prince. Stefan was Stefan married the daughter. He married the of daughter the of the king. Yeah. yeah, which we'll get into two weeks from now whenever we cover Maleficent the first. Uh, so just real quick as a brief summary of what happens in this movie. Yeah. So we find out in the beginning that people around the kingdom, for whatever reason, don't necessarily know that Maleficent was the one who woke up Aurora from the spell, which she did in the first movie. They think it was Prince Philip. Bonkers to me that, like, Aurora, you were there. Aurora was there. Yeah. She could easily be like, hey, everyone, this is what actually happened. Don't listen to this other bullshit. I'm the queen and I'm telling you this is what actually went down. Well, from what I understand, right, mm-hmm. she is totally, like, forsaken her own yeah, kingdom. pretty much, yeah. So she probably doesn't talk to anyone in her old where it's not really her old kingdom because she never lived there anyway. Yeah, but I don't think she talks to anyone in Stefan's kingdom. I guess not. But who rules? Like, did they form democracy? She says that she gave it back to, to the people. people. I know so that she I said that yeah. they did something. They figured out. I assumed it was just like she turned into like the world's largest homeless shelter. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for all we know, she exclusively hangs out with because she. It seems like this is her first time going to the palace, so it's possible that mm. Aurora is not around for all of these rumors. I guess so. Because oh, Philip's point. coming to see her um, in the Moors. It's weird. I guess it's just weird to me. So five years have passed in between the first movie and this movie. Yeah. yeah. What has Aurora been doing for five years? She's a busy woman. She's Bopping around she's the Moors? She's got to, like, keep those midnight mushrooms in line <laughs> with a weird fudge hedgehog fairy. Yeah. That, 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 keep Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. 
Yeah. Those weird little CGI taper pig things. Uh, so anyway, Philip proposes to Aurora. She says yes. They do like a little Lakaja full thing where they go to have dinner with Philip's parents. And, and it's Jen. It is. And I just the entire time I just kept thinking about a version of what's... Like, has to come. Yeah. yeah. Right. Maleficent comes too with Diablo. And I just kept thinking of a version of like, guess who's coming to dinner where Maleficent is like in the Sydney Poitier role. Yeah. Which would have been very interesting. I mean, dynamic-wise, she kind of is. Yeah. So during this, there, you know, some tense words are exchanged. Queen Igrith and Maleficent are sort of yelling back and forth at each other. All of a sudden, Queen Igrith's husband kind of collapses, and they're like, "Maleficent put a spell on him. What did you do, Maleficent?" Maleficent's like, "I didn't do shit." Can I interject? Interject. So important, salient point before this dinner is Mm -hmm. that some humans went into the morgues to steal shit. Yeah. Um, and then delivered it back to some mysterious lab somewhere. Yes, yes, um, yes. But one of them did not reach, like, one of the, a couple two of them. Two of them, yeah, two of them didn't come back, only so one of them. one guy. Back. And so, like, yeah. that's one of the one of the tense conversation books at dinner is like, well, I heard that two people from my kingdom went into the moors and never came back. Yeah. What happened to them, Maleficent? So. Right, and then Maleficent's like, well, they should have come there in the first place. Yeah. yeah. I also want to point out, Michelle, they were wasting no time in immediately just, like, needling Maleficent. And also, like, it's, yes, it's like, it, she kind of... I guess does what one person could define as shade, but it's so well, blunt and obvious. But I mean, she's deliberately trying to provoke Maleficent. No, yeah. she is. I my my problem, I think, is that it's so obvious that she's deliberately no, yeah. that it, like I get that it's a movie, it's a family movie. You're not going for like incredible subtlety here, but it becomes so fucking obvious that she has like her own evil agenda from like I don't know five really? minutes into the dinner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And also, I mean, to be fair, we also got like a bunch of nuts set scenes before that, wherever like remember where, like Philip is talking to his dad and he's like, I'm worried about what mom will think and. The king's like, don't worry, she'll be fine. Then you see, like, Michelle Pfeiffer lurking behind a column. Be yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah! What? Yes. And you also have the scene with her at the crossbow at the beginning, where she, like, has a loaded crossbow, and she's pointing it around the court, and her, her oh, little... Oh, yeah. Her, the introduction to that what that amazing, the like, large-eyed... Yeah, her large-eyed assistant is just, like, it's cocked and loaded. She's, like, aiming at, like... And all the various people there, like, including at her little assistant, the assistant's just like, like, whatever. Yeah. But she's so, like, yeah, she's so deadpan and she's yeah. like, King, we have arms from the last conquest. Yeah, and then the king is like, but we don't have, like, we don't want weapons. Get rid of them. Like, put that down, Michelle Pfeiffer. And she's like, Which, of course. Like, by the way, it doesn't make sense because where, where the fuck were you just, you just did a conquest, yeah. apparently? So, yeah. like... You might you need did, those weapons. Right. You did and you use those weapons, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, something happened. Something so, went down. Why are we all I, acting all peaceful now? And if the king was... If the king is as peace-leaning as that character, I guess, is sort of shown to be, there's not much to him. Um, He's more ineffectual, I would say. Even, like, was he just, like, yeah. not around when the order was given to go, like, fight a war? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm very confused about why he's like, well, we don't need weapons. And I'm like, well, it, it seems like a hypocritical thing to say since you clearly <laughs> just conquered something. Yeah, right. <laughs> Anyway, so <laughs> back at the dinner, Michelle Pfeiffer is accusing Maleficent of putting a curse on her husband. Maleficent says she absolutely did not. Aurora believes Michelle Pfeiffer and decides to stay there while Michelle Pfeiffer and Diavol like take off. As they're taking off, the queen's little lackey lady shoots an iron pellet at Maleficent. It mm. hits her in the side. She crashes down into the river, gets swept out to the ocean. Diavol, meanwhile, like turns back into a human for some reason. Yeah, it's for yeah reasons not explained because to separate him from the plot for no reason. Right, right. Because well, and it's weird because Raven is his default. Form. Yeah, I was confused because it seems like her magic sputters. Right. Yeah. No. Because he like, he like goes to human, then he goes to Raven, then he goes to human, then he goes to Raven. And he's like, 
Yeah. Like, but he ends up as a human, which doesn't make any sense because, yeah, he should be. Right, no, he should. And I think also it would complicate things more with him and Aurora if he was a raven because then you have someone who, like, she can't communicate with whatsoever. So yeah. it's just, I, I don't know, it would have been probably a little more interesting, but then Sam Riley would have had almost no Although, screen time. Although I think she learned how to speak raven because in the beginning, Diablo comes out and is, like, squawking and she's like, yes, I know Diablo. Okay. She's like, That's it's fair. sort of like Data's it, or not Data's it, <laughs> but like uh, R2D2's it. Yeah, thing. yeah. <laughs> Um, so as Maleficent falls into the ocean, she is rescued by a manlificent, a maleficent, <laughs> as it were, who takes her away to secret Maleficent Island, which actually, upon thinking about it, looks so much like the hidden dragon island in How to Train Your Dragon 2, with like the weird spikes coming out of it and everything. Yeah, but it, it does. does. Too. Oh, you're like, right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. I was thinking of the hole in the ocean. You're thinking of the hole in the ground. It's not the hole in the ground from which the hidden like, world. Which is like, how do oceans work? Or no. Like, nothing works like that. Also, incidentally, for a movie called like The Hidden World, didn't spend a lot of real time in that world no nope. say but i mean in a sim well i guess we spend more time in the i don't know the dark the, fame world yeah that's what they're revealed to be called the thing that bugged me about that is uh the design felt very uh cheap zootopia where they were like we really want there to be different dark fame from different places so there's just going to be the desert quad right yeah, yeah it the was snow quad it's like a minecraft the world yeah like exactly like, right there's like a line where you can yeah. like walk from one I mean, to the other it's like animal kingdom yeah truly but like Maleficent takes Maleficent on a flying tour. Right, and it's yeah. literally just like, like there's the tundra thing and there's the ice thing. And, and we're just going to take a left turn and now yeah. we're in the jungle. And, right. and it's confusing like what it is. Like, yeah. Because they go it's on this island in the ocean but then they go down. Right. And then down so, so is it some sort of magic under? demi yeah. Or is it supposed to be a like it's, world at the center of the earth? Yeah. So I have, it can't be a real place. There's a sky well, there. That's what, so what I'm wondering is is this like a magic thing that they made? Because I am unclear as to how much magic they actually actually have on their own. Like, is Maleficent... Right, they do. But, like, is Maleficent exceptionally powerful? Because they, they do yeah, that whole weird thing about how she's like, oh, there was a phoenix who was the source of all dark phase. You're here's, that phoenix, Maleficent. Here's my plot, my, my extrapolation yeah. brain happening. I think that probably... The phoenix sort of went into stasis as a part of an act of expelling a great amount of magic to create the sanctuary. That's fair. That, I would buy that. They don't say that. No, that's, they don't. that would I make really sense. Wish they would have said that. I mean, it would make sense, especially because you see the like phoenix fossil, it's sort of like yeah. an amber. Behind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah. for Jurassic World three, I guess. But yeah. I guess it, it's an amber because the phoenix's power is like gold yeah. color. And I gotta say that all of this stuff is like it's just me- I don't want to say it's messy or lazy. It's neither of those things, but it's it's mismatched and I, don't I mean know, it's, it's a little it's bad just, world it's such, world it's, it's such basic magic nonsense right it's like so you didn't really care to think gonna, too much I am gonna use the word lazy I do think it was lazy I don't but I don't think it's I think like yeah alright so you wanna create you wanna flesh out this world and you wanna have say that there's like other fairies but then it just seems like Bizarre. Like, why is it called a phoenix? Right. And why do these dark fae descend from a bird? They don't right. really look like birds. No, I say the same thing too, right? Birds don't have horns. Yeah, and the phoenix we see later does have horns. I truly don't remember if it did or didn't. It I does. Know, and because I clocked that and I wondered, yeah, and, and t- I wondered, is this just because Maleficent has horns or is this because the phoenix? I don't know. But it's either way, I don't like the, I don't like the fact no. that they came from this progenitor bird. Yeah, I don't really just either. Just have it it's, be like a person, another, another one that looks like that. Yeah. yeah. It's also so, I think for me it's mostly just weird because like the phoenix is a mythological thing that's never come into play thus far. In, like, yeah, the first and we have, we, we have phoenixes in our world, right. so it's confusing for 
us, the audience, to be like, so that now we're bringing the fans. Right, now this is part of it. And that's also just sort of like, and I'm not saying I really want this to happen, but like, we know there are dragons. Like, Sleeping Beauty has a dragon in the animated movies. So like, why not have it be a dragon instead of a phoenix? Except yeah. we want to have the rebirth nonsense coming in at the end. I think, honestly, the best part about the phoenix, not that it's, I don't like it, I get it, mm-hmm. could have been a dragon, is that it does allow, it fixes the sort of, well, we'll talk about it in, in two weeks, but fixes the biggest mistake of Maleficent, where like, it's not her that becomes the dragon. I agree with you there 100%. Actually. So she's still, no, in the sequel, she gets to have that, like, her animal, cool her big creature moment, yeah. Yeah, her, I do agree with you there. Where she's, yeah, she gets to be, like, this giant thing of power. Yeah. But it, yeah, you're right. Why not a dragon? I buy dragon because dragons are magical shapeshifters in, right. in folklore a lot of the times anyway. So, yes, they could be a fairy if they yeah. wanted to, and they could look like a dragon. Exactly. I mean, it's not like there's any rules about this anyway. It's like, do whatever you want. The yeah. only reason I could ever imagine for why they picked the Phoenix is because that's why they were, like, it's the balance between destruction well, and creation. Well, I assumed it was because of the rebirth thing, because, spoiler alerts, Maleficent dies at the end, but then she comes back to life because yeah. Aurora cries in her ashes. So I assumed that they were just like, oh, but if we kill her off, how does she come back? Well, she comes back because phoenixes do that, right? I, I get but it's lame that she come. it's lame that they go to that, like, Oh, no, I agree with you. I don't, second death. Yeah, I don't love that part either. That's dumb. There was a yeah. little part of me that was watching this thinking, like, huh, would it be interesting if Maleficent somehow was killed off at the end of her own movie? But this movie is not nearly, like, No, and I'm not saying, like, she necessarily should. I don't think it would necessarily be like a better choice in an ideal movie if Maleficent were cut off at the end. It would be a very like ballsy thing to do. Yeah. But I'm not saying that they should. I mean, I think the only other parts of the plot we need to throw out there is uh, there's like a, some disagreement between, I guess, kind of two of the leader, Dark Fae, and right. the 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 original one that I can't remember his name. Connell Connell and um, I had it. I had his name up. Connell and Ed Skeen. Um, uh, Bora. 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 Okay. Connell. Uh, <laughs> My fave. <laughs> nice. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> that would be instantly a better. That's movie. such a very instantly a better That's movie. One of the but he's doing Borat. Yeah, naturally with horns. Like he goes very nice, and then one of those fake killing bombs hits him, and <laughs> yeah. then it's it's over. Um. Well, okay, so, I mean, similar to the, the very heavy-handed dichotomy we keep getting, uh, Connell is the peace-loving leader right. uh, who really wants the Dark Fae to kind of, like, swallow the bullshit they've had to take and make peace with the humans mm-hmm. and coexist. Bora is like, fuck that, let's fight. Right. Um, they There's some business about, like, discovering that the humans are stealing the flowers that grow out of the graves of... Tomb Bloom. ...of Fae. Yeah, yeah, and that's not a, a Dark Fae problem. That's a that's a Maleficent and the Moors problem. Right. And an Aurora problem. Right. That has nothing, nothing to do, to do with, with the Fae. island of Dark Fae. Yeah, so yeah. actually, I want to talk briefly about some of the problems that where this shit gets really way too muddled. Yeah. Is that... Well, that's one of them, for Ingrid sure. Ingrid has no fucking idea that there is, like, a secret island full of Dark Fae. Right. So, un- so like, there's two separate things happen. That's There's true. The Dark Fae that have that, they, in the exposition that Connell gives, apparently, like, they've been hunted for years for various reasons mm-hmm. because they have, they're magical and I think they are harvested for magic or something. Yeah. I don't know. They're but, hated like the X-Men. Yeah. Basically. I guess. And so, like, they're from all over the world and they're sort of the last, yeah. uh, from all of, all of the world of their kind. Right. Uh, and uh, for some reason, within this context, Bora wants to kill all humans? Which seems like a highly unlikely thing when there's yeah. like 
40 of you in, like, a world of humans. I mean, I was thinking, like, where does it stop, right? So he wants to take down Ingrith and, like, that yeah, castle, but, like... I don't think he does. I don't think he knows who Ingrith is. He but, just so says then, he like, wants that's, to, like... So, like, what is his goal here, really? I don't know. I'm very confused yeah. by it, because to... it seems like they're not persecuted. They, right. Yeah, they're hiding, but they, it seems like they have everything they need in their little home. Yeah, no, they, I agree with you. It's odd to... that they're so dissatisfied Ingrid with Ingrid and Bora don't know each other, and so yeah. I don't know what his specific beef is in this movie or why he's so adamant about, like, coming out of their hiding hole. I think his deal is that he's just, like, generally not a fan of humans, and then I think the Maleficent thing happens, and he's like, oh, okay, let's go fuck Maybe, that. yeah, maybe. It, just, it makes no sense to me. That part makes no sense, but also, Ingrid doesn't know this either, and Ingrid's right. original goal is just that she wants to get rid of Maleficent and the rest of the so she, little so cutesies. So she can take over the Moors? Yeah. I guess. I don't know if she I mean, again, like, why? I don't know. Is this really retribution ever. for, but like, your supposed brother's death? I don't know. But she's not planning on doing anything. She doesn't know, no, she doesn't know enough to plan an attack on these, like, other Maleficent people. Right. So she's just trying to, like, get all of the, like, little little tiny pixies and shit into the church and then, like, right. kill them all. And so, like... Oh, when that, the wedding, which is a Trojan horse, essentially. Yeah, yeah, so when that final confrontation happens where, like, there's a series of coincidences that cause, like, the Dark Fae to be like, it's time to attack, and also <laughs> for Ingrid to be like, I'm gonna kill all the Maleficent, the, the Moors fairies. Yeah. Where, like... There's this attack, and it, it, um, I really wanted more of a moment where Ingrid is like, well, I didn't really expect an army of things to come in, because she's how could she have No, she's so unfazed. Why were they ready for them? She actually seems yeah, they prepared. Had, they if, had you were, if you just thought you were going to be doing an, a, a Trojan horse on, like, a bunch of stupid little, like, CGI fairies, right. why the fuck would you have exploding bombs on right. the castle and walls? not only that, but, like, trebuchets yeah, and, trebuchets. like, ballistas yeah. to fire them, and yeah. then those banners, like, that they, they have, like, f- like, the, whatever they are, the kites in the air that like are also fairy like killing dust and also not to be that guy but all of that shit is faced away from where the fairies would have come from right it's like the ocean (laughs) right because I mean, so here's the thing. All we know, all it's we know, wild. is that Queen Igris' little lackey says something like, "Another one rescued her." So she knows yeah. that there is one more. It she is does. a strange she jump no to be like, "We are going to be attacked by many, many of them from the Let's, ocean." Yeah, from the ocean. from the ocean. Let's. Yeah. So here's the other thing too. During the battle sequence at the end, like they didn't have time to fucking stop and plan shit no. because they just show up. They start flying. They get attacked by bombs. Like, oh, quick, the other side. They go around to the other side. They get attacked by more bombs. It's just like, well, like, what have you guys been doing it's for all not this even time? That they go around to yeah. the other side. I thought, I thought they just went in lower. Some so of them went in low. Some of them went in. Yeah. And you know what's nuts is that they had to show, like, once they had to show as well that like the fairies are not actually that bad because there's a bit where even though it's this is like these bombs are made of specifically fairy killing powder. Yeah, right. It kills. It's harmless, but I guess because they're still solid objects being thrown at speed into things. Mm-hmm. She's indiscriminately firing them to her own town. And there's a scene True, where it, like, yeah. slams into a house, and a dark face stops to attack on humans to rescue other human children. Yeah. And then goes back into it. Right, right. And which you're like, isn't, okay. Which isn't a moment we really need. Yeah, unnecessary yeah. and weird, frankly. Uh, speaking of unnecessary and weird, as, as I'm sure it was fun as a concept, and it, it could have been fun in execution, but... Do you think the best way to kill the fairies that you've managed to cordon off into this tiny chapel is to send your resident weirdo who literally does everything over to a newly rigged up hyperkin with special red engraved keys? One key. It's just no, one multiple. key. There were multiple. a couple. I really? Okay. Yeah. She would like, she, there was one notes. here and there was one lower and there was one kind of like over here. So like, and she kind of plays like, 
a quarter of a piece, Which and I then love. hits a red key. Like, yeah. Brian Ingram, like, fucking commissioned a symphony for this wedding to be like, make sure, yeah. hey, look, guy, make sure you hit these notes several times. And Do you have to hit them a lot? It no, also, just a couple times. And it's not, she doesn't rush it. She's no! Like, it's like she just wants to play this fucking yeah, song. Yeah, she's just into well, it. And I love theatricality as much as the next homosexual, but sometimes you just gotta kill your enemies. There's so many parts yeah. about it that were especially bananas, though, because for one thing, it goes on way too oh, yeah. long. There's so multiple long. cuts away, and then yeah. cuts back, and then we cut away again and we're still there there's so many points at which I just wanted to be like any of these fairies well, I'm sure one of you could just throw your body at her to stop her <laughs> I know but they don't they just kind of stand there yeah. and they wait until like ten of these things have been lobbed out of the organ to really do anything I know that the yeah. Moors Fae are like historically dumb as rocks right. anyone that's not Morrison is just a fucking moron <laughs> in the story but I would have thought Balthazar, the treant guy, would have been like, okay, I'm like eight feet tall. <laughs> right. I can reach up and pluck her down. Right. I can't believe it was one of like the three fairies at the end of the day who was like, all right, I know it has to be done. And like yeah. throws herself into the pipe. She, you know, and, uh, I mean, she takes herself out. Both of the treant people get taken out immediately. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't have to. They're, they've right. shown themselves to be smarter. Yeah. Like in the plot, they don't, they don't speak, but every time they, every time someone translates for them, they reveal an intelligence that no one else has because they're concerned about like defenses and shit. Whereas all those three fuckwits do is talk about like what dress color people Ugh. are wearing. Those characters were so annoying, and I'm kind of pissed because I love them in the original movie, but they are not good characters. Well, I mean, that's an issue that I have with Maleficent. That would be we'll be discussing yeah. when we actually see Maleficent is like the way the three fairies are dealt with. It's just so again, but again, just going back to that, they show several scenes of like the smaller fairies hiding under the pews in the church. So like after all, presumably. This could go on for quite some time. Like, she could be up there playing for like an hour, and if they were just hiding out of the way, like, this could just go back and forth. Also, had a certain. Yeah, you could have just dropped it from the ceiling. Right! Yeah! Or just, I don't know, have the organ explode in general, right? Yeah. Just have like dust shoot everywhere. Like, there are so many easier ways to do this than to like compose a symphony that will every now and then shoot fairy killing dust into the sky indiscriminately. Yeah. There was also the like weirdly specific payoff. I missed that where it got set up, but you guys were saying. <laughs> the coat. No, the. The bear. No, there's a moment oh. yeah, where Diablo's like, we're going to be a bear. Bears oh. are cool. And then you, I guess we go the whole movie. And then towards the end, he gets to be a bear. Yeah, and like shows up some for five seconds. Yeah. And like just sees Diablo and Aurora running around. And Diablo's a human. And she's just like, poof, and yeah, he's a bear. To a bear. Well, yeah. an, an owl bear. He is, well, he's, he's a crow bear. He's raven, a raven bear. Raven bear. He's like, very insulted that you called him a crow. Yeah. Bear. <laughs> wow. What a dick. He says that. Yeah. I remember. Uh, yeah, I mean, that didn't bother me so much. Cause it's it's like, you know... that's That was just a cutesy thing. Yeah. But still, like, I think... I don't know. I don't think I leaned over to you and said this, but I, as soon as they said that in the beginning, I was like... It was very clear that, like, by the end of the movie... Yeah, right? Yeah, Chekhov's bear, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's going to happen at some point. We can yeah. talk about the goat, though, because that's another very big So point. the goat is also <laughs> set up, right? Because... Yeah. What is the exact line? Who she says, says... Maleficent says, like... Oh, or it's really Aurora because she's not. Maleficent's like, you can't marry Philip. That's, that's right. That's right. You. And that's Aurora's right. like, what are you going to do? Turn him into a goat? And Maleficent's like, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. What an yeah. idea. I want to talk a little bit about. I know we talked a little about Ingrith's motivation in general. So there's also this thing when Ingrith is introduced, whenever uh, Aurora enters and curtsies to her, Aurora has a crown of flowers in her hair. Aurora curtsies and Michelle Pfeiffer like smells it and sneezes. And she's like, oh, I, I'm so like allergic to flowers. And, and Aurora's never, like, oh, I didn't know. And, she, and she's like, yeah, don't sweat it. It never fucking comes back. Well, 
Well, no, that's the thing. It comes back in the sense that it happens many times throughout the movie. Like, it happens again at dinner whenever Maleficent can't use touch iron or whatever it is that she can't touch. Queen Ingrith is like, well, just as I can't smell flowers, you can't touch iron. I get you. And then later on, they show her, like, sneezing whenever she walks into Professor Flitwick's demon chamber. But then at the end, so they have the, I, I don't know, the fairies using their magic powers to, like, drag her out of the castle by yeah. lines and such. She's sneezing, and it's hilarious because, like, you know, she's allergic to flowers. Ha ha ha, what a lark. And then then Maleficent turns her into a goat, but a goat who still has her necklace on. <laughs> so let us recap, first of all, what Queen Ingrith has done. Queen Ingrith has poisoned her husband, knocked him out of commission, started genocide, created the scheme to get the inhabitants of, like, one entire kingdom into a location where she can just wipe them off, attack these endangered dark fae creatures who are, like, swarming her kingdom, and she gets turned into a goat. And it's very, like... It's a joke! It's a fucking joke! This is like a fucking genocidal maniac, and it's just a punchline at the end that she gets turned into a joke. And, like, they did. Like, they killed off fairies. Like, one of the main fairies got killed. Yeah. Thistlewitter, I don't know which one it was. I don't know, yeah. But the blue one comes back. We can get to that in a second. It's bizarre. A flower, a flower comes back. They show a bunch of bullshit die, and a bunch of those dark fame, but there was only, like, a hundred of them, and a lot of them die. Yeah, And there's nothing indicating that they come back. Can we also talk about the nuttiness of all of this has happened. The king wakes up from his curse. From where uh, Ingrith has like stabbed him in the side. Yeah, yeah. The last time he was awake, he was having a nice. A <laughs> right, right. Having, he was having a dinner. dinner. Things were getting a little worked up, but nonetheless, he right. was having dinner. He wakes up in the castles full of fucking flowers. And he right. He outside and he's like, oh, that's nice. Well, yeah. He was like, how adorable. And like a flower right, opens, flower and, and there's like a little comes out, and he's like, well, hello there, you. And I don't think there's a single line where he even addresses the fact well, no, that I his love- wife has done any of this. And that she is now a goat. Right, so then he comes down and someone's like, they turned her into a goat. And he's like, could you ever turn her back? And the king's like, if we wanted to. Yeah, she's your fucking wife. Also, I kind of feel like you should have a much more grave reaction. Like, I don't know, maybe we should let this maniac stay a goat for a little while. No, it was literally, it was literally like, I almost felt bad for Ingrid in that moment of like, yeah, now I get it. I (laughs) I know, I get what you've been dealing with for all these years. Oh, can we talk about the really amazing line early on in the film when like, because she cursed... She curses her husband oh, with yeah. the spindle, right? Right, right. <laughs> he's, like, lying in the bed. Yeah. And they're like, it's that same curse. And Aurora's like, well, you just need to kiss him, because if true, because true love's kiss will fix it. And she sort of gets, like, such an awkward look, and she's like, I don't think that's going to work. That's so that was actually, like, a great moment. Everyone's just like, yeah, it's okay. Kiss him, kiss him. And she's just like... Yeah. Okay. I was waiting for this moment where she's like, she just like, oh, they changed the curse password. (laughs) (laughs) She has to pretend that she actually cares about this fucking douchebag. Well, but of course she she takes a moment to lean in and say something like, you always wanted peace. No recipes. In a room full of people also. Just like, I get that she's hissing under her uh, breath, but like, nonetheless, you expect one of them to be like, I'm, I'm sorry, did you say something? Yeah, let me just say it in your head. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, we have inner monologue, so we don't have to say everything we think. True to Michelle Pfeiffer's way, um, she takes the shit material she's given and turns in a very watchable performance. <sighs> she does. Especially in that scene where she kind of does the like, ooh, I don't know about that true yeah. love's kiss thing. Yeah. It was so funny. In a movie that is not that entertaining <laughs> f- through much of it, I found that to be very funny. When she gets to chew the scenery is when she, when she gets to, like when she gets to be like full evil weird pitch Big, queen. Yeah. yeah, like it's it's not a good character. No, so no, she not. does she does the best with what shitty material. Right. I, I I mean I just really I truly think that her 
shitty, shitty motivations just has an effect on her performance, which I think is a good performance, but it just never really lands for me in a way that it should because she just has, like, the dumbest motivation. She does. Um, Do you know what's nuts? Uh, Just a random note about this movie. I mean, not a random mm -hmm. note, but, like, what I find ridiculous about this movie is that it has this, like, magical happy ending where, like, the fairies and the humans are all at this wedding, but, Mm -hmm. like, you just killed a bunch of each other. Right! Like, if if it was more of, like, a tense conflict, I get it, but, like, I know that it's a family movie and things are simplified, but, but like... you want to take a beat? You could never... I could never swallow that, like, after a bunch of... Well, like, you came to this place and got murdered, right. that you're like... Ten oh, minutes later, someone's wedding. like, we're gonna have a wedding right here, right now, and you're all welcome. Like, yeah. what? You like, you expect me to stay here? Yeah, some of some people's loved ones just die. Right! Unless... And they don't say this, but if it, if it happened, sure. If Maleficent somehow magically brought all those good people back to life, then maybe I could see, like, right. okay... But she can't bring people back to life, right? I think she I don't can. know. How? Because she didn't bring Chuto Ejiofor back to life. That's he, true. He, but he I sh- think she wasn't phoenixed out at that point. No. I think when she got okay. the phoenix powers, we're meant to believe... Because my assumption, by the way, as soon as the phoenix thing came up, I was like, okay, well, obviously... Maleficent's gonna be some kind of avatar for the phoenix well, they and whoever dies is just gonna come back because that's what a phoenix is. Yeah, I, by the time people started dying before she phoenixed it I was like Jesus Christ this is getting real grim yeah. yeah well and then she phoenixes up and it's brief too brief for my liking I actually would have I could have used a little bit more um, she doesn't do anything as the phoenix she, she really doesn't she just kind of flies she, around a she knocks down a few things then she saves Aurora from falling off the edge of yeah. the planet that's yeah. it that's it but all, she just sort of floats there while staring down at Ingrith yeah at, like intimidating right and then Ingrith shoves Ingrith Aurora Ingrith just shoves Aurora <laughs> off a cliff and she goes and rescues Aurora and that's yeah. the end of the conflict yeah pretty yeah. much it was an anticlimax what can I say so yeah. I I think what it's implied is at least to my eye that Maleficent was able to bring people back. I don't know if it was everyone. She clearly couldn't bring Blue Fairy back entirely right. because she was just a flower. Well, she brought back a blue flower that they address. Yeah. Well, as though is it answer. is her. But yeah. it did, well, it it turned did the turn dress the blue. dress blue. Right. So, like, it's a flower, but some level of sentience. Maybe it'll just patch a fully grown <laughs> yeah. fairy like, at some point. Eventually, it just, like... <laughs> when it seeds or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. to say, there's a lot of ambiguity with what this phoenix means and what Maleficent's powers exactly are as it relates to this phoenix. I mean, if you wanted to give her a really big epic moment that wasn't just, like, floating there and staring down, like, show the reviving of everyone. Yeah, exactly. Just, like, everyone comes back comes to life. Back, phew, a bunch of fairies appear out of yeah, the dust. right. And, like, the humans that die stand up, and then, like, the castle... She makes the vines crawl up the castle, yeah. and then, you know, Ingrith drops Aurora off a cliff at that point to, like, make her escape. Yeah. It lasts for about two seconds. Yeah, I, I mean, I realized that Ingrid was just, no. she was at the end game. She really didn't have a whole lot of cards left to play. Yeah. But it feels like, still, nonetheless, like, what's your what's your point here? You shoved Aurora off a cliff. You've done nothing but to, like, anger the large flying thing that's magic. So, like, you bought yourself, I don't know, two minutes? Yeah, I mean, like, you, yeah. I mean, I know surrender is never an option, but, like, let's start thinking about some strategy here. Yeah, I and mean, she's not a sane woman. No, she is not. I think Angelina Jolie's good. You know? Yeah, I would. I was. What the fuck is that? It's a high pitched wing. Uh, um, she's kind of doing the same thing she did in the first week. She is. Was, yeah, I have. I have some issues with like how it's because I think people they want the people behind this movie were like, mm. well, people are coming to see Angelina Jolie just be a, like an utter vamp and yeah. just like right. just throw out one liners, drip, drip yeah. sinis- sinisterness, yeah. right? Yeah. Drop these one liners, and so like I feel like they had to walk back her character growth or ignore it almost. I agree with you because I I get that she's cynical, but I I don't think that she would be that aggressively anti Philip. I see that's the thing. So right, so five years have passed. You're telling me that like Philip never did anything to endear himself. Yeah, to her it's kind of five years. It's disappointing to come back to Maleficent five years later after this movie. 
movie and find that she has not really changed that much. Yeah. Like, I don't want to ignore, like, the scars that were left on her of, like, trust, like, yeah. and her ability to trust people and men especially, but, like, I don't know, I would at least hope that it's not like, well, I'm not gonna let my daughter do it. Right. I mean, like, I can get her being, like, not exactly over the moon, but it bugs me a little bit that she's, like, so against it from the get-go. Yeah. I also thought it was weird, because to my eye, actually... This is going to maybe sound odd. I kind of felt like we could have used more of her, because especially for the middle part of the movie where she's getting to know the Dark Fae, she kind of takes a back seat and doesn't have many lines. She's just kind of there to watch them do things and have this interpersonal struggle between peace and war. And the other thing that I thought was super weird about her character was all it took was that incident over dinner for her to be like, I have no daughter. Yeah. I was like, that is such a crazy turn. Yeah. That there was not even a pause to be like, I'm really sad and wounded over these events. Like, yeah. I can't believe she would do this. I have to say it also really bugs me in that scene when Aurora is immediately like, what did you do? Godmother, what did you do to her? Like, you've known this woman for many years. You spent five years with her after learning that your father was like a fucking psychopath and this woman practically like raised you, brought you out of like a death-like coma. Like, I feel like your first reaction should initially just be like, well, something's clearly amiss here. Like, perhaps, you know, maybe you didn't mean to do something. Maybe Queen Igrith did something. Like, I don't know. But she just immediately, like, jumps the gun and is like, how could you do this to him? It bugged me. It's really annoying. It's, yeah. I know we're not going to try... We're not going to usually do, like, fixes and stuff. But no. There, like, there was a good story to be told here. Like, it's, it would be very easy for Maleficent to have, like, a sort of relapse of paranoia. Yeah. In a natural way. Because of this one woman, Ingrid, who who does have a more legitimate grudge or a more legitimate reason to be ans- to instigate a war with the Moors. Right. Again, it's full of valuable resources. That's all I really need. Yeah. Is for her to be motivated by greed or whatever, and f- maybe from a past that was like of a famine or longing or for needing things. Yeah. If I'm being honest, I hate. I don't hate it, but I, I really, I just would cut out all that nonsense about other Maleficent people. It's like a strange, I don't like what it does to the story because it adds way too much like necessary additional world building and exposition. Mm-hmm. Talk about like where they came from and like it separates Maleficent from the rest of the cast of the movie for so long. No, it's, that is a problem I have with it admittedly. I would rather just stick to being like, like the first one was like a story about something allegorically relatable to human everyday human life. Yeah. I feel like I don't mind the idea of Maleficent meeting a bunch of other Maleficents because if you suppose that the idea of the first movie is you the viewer learning who Maleficent is because you have this preconceived notion of her from the animated movie as like this villain Mm -hmm. and this is the first movie is like you watching her and learning like who this person is as a character the second movie in theory is Maleficent learning who she herself is because if you think about it like there are no other Maleficents like who is this this woman who showed up in the moors with these enormous bird wings but I think you could do that without introducing a cast of characters from this magical land I feel like I I honestly like I kind of liked them I don't know like I kind of liked the variance in their looks I mean I think visually yeah it was interesting like I you know they had the parrot people and all that nonsense and that was fun you know I don't mind seeing it but I wouldn't miss it if it were gone. I feel like I would have rather just had Aurora be there somehow. I don't know like what the contrivances to get Aurora to go with her to Magic Island. I think they did Sam Riley dirty in this movie. Oh, they definitely did Sam Riley dirty. He's barely in it. Yeah. Yeah. He's barely in it. I would rather have had Maleficent, again, share more screen time with the two people that she sent screen time in Maleficent 1. Yeah, it's because she has good chemistry with them too. Yeah. It's sad. It's just like a shame that she's like off on her own fucking thing for the whole movie. Right. It's it's also a bummer we don't get more Maleficent 
Maleficent versus um, Ingrid. Yeah, it's just I because isn't that what we all came here to see? Where these two like the powerhouses just clogging each other? That would have been fun. I think that the story just gets way too bloated with the addition of this like weird plot arc and also this new these new characters they have interact with. It's also weird to me, I guess, a little bit that. Connell, whatever his name is, dies so quickly with very little so, plot. Yeah, and you know what else quickly. is nuts is that it happens. It has that like movie pace nonsense where like we know it's been logically put piece together. It's just been one day there. Yeah, but when he dies, she acts like they're friends for yeah. ten years. Yeah, and it's, like they have such know, a close connection with each other. Yeah, you don't. You just met this guy. I also like. I know this is. So here's the thing. Whenever you first are introduced to these other fairy characters, you've got Connell and you've got Bora. Was that his name you said? Bora, yeah. Bora. So Bora is so instantly, like, the sort of stock character that you know from movies like this, where he's, like, the aggressive one who wants to always, like, start a fight, blah, 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 yep. blah, that bullshit. And Connell's the guy who's like, no, 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 peace is the way. We have to, like, learn to get along with humans. Then you find out, like, very quickly that, like, Bora's not that bad of a guy. Like, it's not like there's a scene where, like, Bora goes too far or something like no. that. You know, like, Bora seems actually, like, despite the fact that he's being positioned as this sort of extremist who's, like, a little too willing to kill people... He's not wrong. And we never, like, there's never a scene where he gets a dressing down or something. There's yeah. never a scene where he goes full out evil. No. It's just very odd that he's positioned as, like, an antithesis. He has, like, a human foil because there's a Philip's general. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to bring him up. He's also like, well, the Moors are untrustworthy. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. But yeah. then both of their turns happen, like, instantaneously. Yeah, well, they're fighting yeah. each other and at the end. And someone comes in, Aurora or the Maleficent, prince. or, yeah, the prince comes Philip in and says. Philip with his sword. Yeah, Philip yeah. comes in to save his general friend, mm-hmm. and Bora's the one attacking him, and he's like, right. I'm not going to kill you because yeah. I don't think we should be fighting. Yeah. And so Bora just, like, steps off and yeah. goes away. And, like, later on, I think, helps, like, helps the general up. It's yeah. this moment where they're both like, okay, we're, yeah. we can both die. Yeah, we're not so this. different, you it's and I. It's a choice, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it, it, which, again, I don't have a problem with him them be, even being, like, against that trope, but, mm-hmm. again, I don't think, it's just so confusing to have that plot. It's, again, no. I think it takes away from fairy tale realm and puts it into, like, convoluted fantasy novel realm of, like, you. this is a, a part of a really epic series. And I don't know That's that fair. I want Maleficent to not... I want it to be simple. I want it to be yeah. like, yeah, there's this place called the Moors, and that's where the fairy magic lives. Maybe maybe she is the last of her kind. Mm. Maybe her parents died. But there's evidence somewhere in the Moors that they, like, where she lived. And, well, you know, it's, yeah. there's other ways that they could have had that story done. Fair enough. I but, guess yeah. as a very, very, like, small thing that I kind of like about this movie, it's kind of intriguing to me a little bit on paper that a vague part of this plot is derived from the second half of the Sleeping Beauty fairy tale where she goes back with the prince and has two kids and the prince is the prince, as they're running back to the castle the prince is like oh uh, yeah it's another mom's an ogre I hope that's okay with you and like his ogre mom tries to eat her children yeah. so it's just kind of like I'm glad that they tried to do something with the concept that like the second half is her meeting his mother who is like Awful. Not what she seems. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, I'm not saying they did it well, but I'm saying if from a jumping off point, I'm kind of glad that they went with that. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty predictable, and I think it could have been predictable, but also better. Like, it could have, like... Yeah. The conflict could have been more interesting. Mm. But yeah, again, the addition of new characters, and, like, the fact that they don't share... She doesn't, doesn't spend no screen time with anyone else, other yeah. than these two new fairies, basically. Yeah. And one of them dies. And one of them dies. So, yeah. like, it sort of feels like two people seeming on their own. Yeah. Like, ooh, those yeah, humans, ooh, exactly. those fairies. And then they meet in the middle and There's fight also, for a second. Real quick, a w- weird moment where um, Lickspittle, or whatever his name is, 
When Aurora I guess like, so. no, it is like yes. well, Aurora confronts him. I think Aurora confronts him and says something like, "You are a fairy, and Queen Ingrid took your wings." And he like looks at his back where there are two big scars there, as though he's just realizing he's that he used to have surprised. wings. Yeah, and then he also does a complete one eighty after that point too, where he becomes like a helpful character despite the fact this entire movie he's been experimenting with various different ways to kill yeah, the fairies, killing fairies. Yeah, he has them in jars and he's been killing them off. It's, yeah. which is just like again, like who, who are you? How much did you know? What happened to you before this? Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of tonal whiplash. Yeah, that maybe yeah. maybe they're expecting is going to go over children's heads, but like me is nettled. I'm like, man, this guy's people are dying, and then right. three seconds later, they're like, ah, we're all happy now. I don't know. It's it's not so that I'm putting that level of thought into looks of Mr. Sudeval, but here we are. Well, they they open some doors, I think, with that choice of having him be this like fairy who betrayed. Them, yeah, but they don't really. That happens a lot, right? Where we get these setups for things that seem to hint at something, and then we don't we don't do anything with it. Yeah. So like. I guess Ingrith's, like, flower aversion sort of comes back, but it doesn't mean anything. And if it's supposed to be her kind of equal number to Maleficent's weakness to iron, it definitely is not used in the right. same way or on the same level. Which is why I kept thinking it would ironically, like, have something to do with her defeat in the end. Right. Like, maybe Maleficent would turn her into a flower, or she'd be just, like, surrounded by plants and, like, dragged into the ground or something. But, like, nah. But, like, it's in, just a in, joke. In a similar way, like... Lixbiddle did decide to do these horrific experimentations on his own kind, so we're like not going to discuss that. Like, yeah, yeah. And he's good now. We're cool with him. You right. Get him again. Yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. I would also just say real quick as my last thing. I guess um, I didn't expect anyone else to notice this because you wouldn't. But um, it's a different composer, but he used a lot of the themes from the first movie, which I thought was a nice touch. There's like this little motif they use with the spinning wheel. There's a Maleficent theme. Mm. There's something else I can't remember, but I remember noticing it in theaters. So I thought it's it was just pretty forgettable. Nothing. It is so. It is the things that I remember the most are the themes from the first movie, yeah. and I will talk about this again in two weeks. But I like the score for the first movie a lot. I think it's a very good fantasy score, and so I think like this score is strongest when it's sort of cribbing wholesale from the original <laughs> score. Yeah. And I I'm, couldn't tell you what the original. Oh was no, like. I'm sure. Yeah, no. Like I said, I don't expect like most people to do yeah. because like that's just something that I paid a lot of attention to. Yeah. But um, I appreciate, if nothing else, that there is a little bit of a uh, musical continuity there, even if it's a different composer yeah. entirely, which is something I like. I mean, if a score grabs me, I usually remember it, but yeah. I, I did not remember Maleficent's meaning. For me, personally, it might not have done much. I don't know. I have to really listen to it. Yeah, that's fair. Not like Lady Hawk. <laughs> it's, that's true. It's yeah. Lady Hawk. Lady fucking Hawk. I love that. But the N64 theme. Yeah. I love it. Oh, boy. Um, Any anyway. last thoughts? No. I talked all my thoughts already. I guess uh, just to kind of check in on this as a running concept, mm-hmm. these, like, Disney remakes and sequels are just kind of flat and... I mean, so here's the thing. Uninspiring. This is something that, again as with so many other things we talked about in two weeks Maleficent is one of the better Disney remakes I think because if only because it's, it's different going, right it's different it's going out of its way to like rectify problems with the original but like not in like the dumb way that like Beauty and the Beast rectifies problems that were never really there but yes. like cinema senses are there and right. that bullshit so like if nothing else Maleficent puts a different spin on things which I appreciate a lot but this one Mistress of Evil I think conforms to all of Disney's current worst instincts uh, when it comes to I guess. their like four quadrant storytelling I don't know I think it's just weird as fuck. Yeah. I'm more than like conforming to Disney because I think the worst thing they do Disney is like Cinderella. 
Right, like, well, I think or the that Adventure Zero was just fine. You know, or, like, Necrotron in the it, Four though. Realms, which I actually thought this had some similarities with in terms of... It, it is a lot like Necrotron in the Four Realms, but it's just, like, it's just too much messy. I can't... I wish I didn't have to, like, fault such, like, creativity and, like, diversion, mm-hmm. but it's not good diversion from no. the canon. So I, you know, that's all I can say is that, like, if you're going to do it, do it better. It's not yeah. hard. A lot of people make great original worlds. Yeah. Yours are just weird and, like, messy. Yeah. I mean, and... Again, I know this is sort of a thing that's coming out where people are like, well, who asked for this sequel? But again, as has been pointed out many times online, the first movie made a lot of money. So yeah. it's not at all shocking that Disney would want to pursue a sequel to Maleficent. The thing that surprises me is that it took five years to make the sequel to Maleficent. It must have just been hell, like development hell or something. Like I get, or just like, again, Angelina Jolie just couldn't busy, do it. Yeah, she's yeah. a busy woman. But yeah. I also just would have wished that it just... There were just so many things about it I think would have been easy to make it better. And I'm just kind of like... I don't know, I'm sort of bummed that it just wasn't a better movie, because I think there was a lot of promise in the first Maleficent that you could have built on, and I don't really think they did. No, I do too, and, I think, and again, there's a lot of interesting parts in this story that you could have oh, yeah. strengthened and worked with as well, but they just didn't happen. I think to Lee's point too, like, because I agree, I do want to like encourage, like, yeah, you're making some departures here. I think part of it might have just been it's like overstuffed with them and we needed to pair maybe some of those back yeah. to yeah. really dive into the good stuff. I think it's a, it's a mixture of that. It's a mixture of overstuffed but also like just weird and, and unexpected and messy. Like, like mm-hmm. I don't know, directions that you shouldn't be taking. There is a lot going on. Like veering away from the fairy tale thing and going into this like we, like crazy alt fantasy right. world. And, well, I mean, the other thing too is like the first movie obviously had sort of like this the rape allegory in the beginning, right? With yeah. the wings. This movie is again, it's about genocide. It's about like a holocaust effectively trying to like yeah kind of Nazi coming I thought it was right. going to be about like letting go of your children yeah which honestly is a strong like again I think the one of the problems I think we're kind of dancing around here a lot is that there's a lack of focus on Maleficent as a character that yeah. like mm-hmm. if the movie was about who Maleficent is her relationship with Aurora which again is something that works really well in the first movie and like you said having to sort of like let go of this surrogate daughter who she never thought she wanted in the first place yeah that's like a good premise. That's a good hook right there. And you don't get that in this movie. I mean, even at the end, like, oh, fucking God. When she says, like, I'll see you at the christening and wakes up, they do, like, a ting yeah. as she wakes. Like, it's like that. this fucking, like, Mickey Mouse to telegraph shit. Well, I could have screamed in the theater and, when she winked and it made the ding noise. Well, it was that, and that one didn't make me scream, but what happens immediately afterwards, too, because she flies off and then uh, Philip and Aurora look at each other and they're literally like, <laughs> oh, and then they kiss. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's like yeah. That would be the like joke ending. Yeah, it's nuts. Uh, what were you saying before the bit? I, there was something I wanted to jump off about Maleficent as a character, about like the focus on Maleficent. Yeah, I was gonna say when this movie, when the trailer came out, that was literally what I pitched to you guys. What I thought the movie was gonna be about because I thought that was what was gonna spark a war. She was going to there. There was this tense war was going to erupt because Maleficent couldn't let go of her daughter. That could be interesting if, no, it, if it done be. right and if done right and not making her look like she's being like some sort of weird or irrational woman. Yeah, I was right? going to say that's the flaw that right? I think you're always worried about. With yeah, this, but, yeah, but you could have done that well. You could have like had some sort of misunderstandings contrived where like no one's evil, but there's just this like political tension that erupts because Maleficent's unable to trust people and also because she doesn't want to let go of her daughter. Yeah. That would have been a I mean, what a great story that would be. How yeah. hard, it wasn't hard for me to come to that. Right. I even saw the trailer and thought that's what they were doing. Right. I don't know why instead they were like. Let's tell this weird-ass fucking story yeah, instead. Well, a story in which Ingrid is responsible for the rumors spread about Maleficent. And I brought this up to you last night, Lee, because I was thinking about this. We're supposed to... I mean, it is bad that she did that. And she does leave out the fact that Maleficent, like, turned that corner and came back around. But there seemed to be this thing of, like, can you believe Ingrid told people that Maleficent cursed her own daughter? But she did do that. 
So, like, is the issue just well, that she told people? Because the issue she, is that she lied. The issue is that she lied and said Philip was the one who yeah. kissed her. Uh, it's not so much that she's telling the story, which did happen. It's the fact that she's saying Maleficent didn't kiss her and wake her up. My son did. I see. That's okay. the problem. You gotta wonder what cognitive dissonance is going on in people's heads when Aurora's walking around saying, like, but I like Maleficent. Yeah. <laughs> She's always had good intentions for me. So this is so weird that people, I mean, again, it's propaganda. Like, you know, I don't really, I, I wouldn't get hung up on that. I would imagine that Ingrid can find a way to tell the story. See, it, I, and the thing is, bit. too, I think that you could still have Ingrid having her, like, fairy racist nonsense going on without that whole thing in the beginning where they're like, but actually, everyone else in the kingdom thinks that Maleficent's evil again. Yes. Yeah, Which nuts. is just, like, again, hitting the reset button. Yeah, and I hate the fact that it starts, the movie starts with a, a voiceover basically saying like but yeah but like even though this thing happened Maleficent still looked on as a villain yeah well and that's what kind of bumps me out at the prospect of if, if there's going to be a third movie are they just going to hit that reset button it again won't. somehow not, so it's I've been yeah, paying well. attention so it's a budget of 185 it has grossed thus far and again it's only been out for you know a couple of days at this point it's a 37 million domestic 118 international which is 155 oh. ish total worldwide it will probably not recoup yeah Yikes. it's not it's not have a good opening weekend yeah it's already under right now yeah yeah um, oh, oof, oof, oof. So oof. I don't think we're getting Maleficent 3 anytime soon. That's a bummer. My final thought? Yeah? She's end up with Diablo in this movie. Let Angelina Jolie get a younger man. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Time, it's time Hollywood. Also, like, mm-hmm. throw Diablo, but also let Diablo do his own shape-shifting. Yeah. yeah. That is oh, also agreed. nuts. Yeah. He's been working for her for five years, yeah, and, and he has to ask himself. her to turn yeah. back into a human? Yeah. Also, additionally, wouldn't it just be more convenient for both of them? Yeah. Like, yeah. Angelina Jolie, do you want to have to keep doing this all the time? Yeah, no, what just... if you're under another iron fucking chain and right. you have limited access to your spells? Don't you want Diablo to, like, be able to save you? Right, yeah. Of his own accord? Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. I mean, my final, th- I mean, my final thought, I guess, would just be something like, it's a shame that the relationships that we had in the first movie don't really come to play here. Yeah. And that's, I think, that for me, like, again, it's a very sweaty story. There's a lot of things that don't really add up. It's kind of overstuffed. But that, I think, for me, is, like, the biggest sin that it commits. If yeah. If it had done that. There's no leveraging of the actual chemistry. Right. And, and like, the, and the character development that was set up by the first movie, for the most part. Yeah. So, like, had it done those things, I feel like I would have walked out of the theater just, like, a little bit more content with the movie than yeah. I was. I'm still fascinated, as well, by the prospect of Diablo as a character, in general. That, like... What, it, what must it be like to have lived most of your life as, as a bird and then all of a sudden and now yeah. you have like this in, but yeah you, now you have this human intelligence and you're like sort of in servitude but yeah. like I don't think Maleficent would object if he was like actually I'm, I'm done split yeah it's just a weird it's such a bizarre change in the first that the first movie that I'll talk about that in two weeks that I just like I thought it was the one of the best choices they made no yeah I like to have all yeah he's yeah. a good character um any final thoughts Chris mm-hmm uh, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know that I would suggest people necessarily see. No, this. I. I, was, I would certainly not recommend you see it. When I was ushering out uh, our D and D crew last night, we were talking about Maleficent, and they were and a couple, like a couple of people had not seen the first one. Um, and I was like, see the first one, definitely don't have to see the second one. Wait, I mean, we still comes out on video or something, like it's on HBO. And no, yeah. don't it. pay for it. No, don't pay money. I, I don't think it's worth it. Nah, it's not. I mean, like, uh, the, the costumes are fun, I'm always happy to see Michelle Pfeiffer, but it's just not worth it. Yeah, nah. and maybe, you know what, if Disney has all this money now and wants to leverage the properties... Just make a graphic novel if you want to tell this nonsense yeah, story. True. Yeah. better there. <laughs> Honestly, you can probably tell that story better in a graphic novel because you have more space to like make this all make sense. Yeah. I mean, maybe we're at the point where Disney Plus is just going to get miniseries for everything now instead. I mean, it might be better. It might be. They seem Honestly, to want to tell these stories that are too bloated for movies. They do, days. and they're not like again. There's not bad points being made with some of them. They're just so. It's just sweaty. yeah. 
I like that use of the word here. Sweaty. Sweaty. This plot's got the meat sweats. <laughs> Ooh, I mean, that dovetails nicely with the bloat, doesn't it? Uh, it does. All right, everyone. All right. All so right. thank you guys for listening to our discussion about Maleficent Mistress of Evil. We'll be back two weeks for the first Maleficent movie and our discussion about that with our lovely little sparkly luster purple drink. Uh, you can go to our website, www.trapack.com, facebook.com slash podcast. You can subscribe and rate and review to us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and probably some other ones, too. I don't really know how they work. But see y'all two weeks. Maleficent. Bye. Bye.